This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 452, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 452. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are Paul Montgomery. Hey there. And Josh Flanagan. How y'all doing? We are at Fanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. We call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that in this here podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest. Fun stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show. We'll be talking about the things that happened this week's books. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show and come back. When the coast is clear, you won't want to find out that Wolverine is dying. Although it's in the title oh. of the book. It's in the title of the book. Oh. This week, Josh, A. Flanagan yes. had to pick. That is my middle initial. That is correct. The pick of the week was a tough pick of the week because there were many books that were worthy of being pick of the week. That is my thesis, but it's not the answer you were looking for. The answer you were looking for was God Hates Astronauts Number 1 from Ryan Brown. There's an E on there, so I tried to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, With uh, colors by Jordan Boyd and letters by Chris Crank and also Ryan Brown, who did a lot of... um, I assume his name is there because he did a lot of sound effects uh, the old-fashioned way. Mm. Um, You may remember... That uh, the God Hates Astronauts uh, collection was a book of the month a ways back. This is one of those books that is like a, it's like a fan favorite kind of book. Like pros love the hell out of this book. It's not like Ryan Brown's a really huge name. I think he did, God, was it Secret? Or was it with uh, Jonathan Hickman? I'm trying to remember which that book it was. Right. I think that was it. Um, and he did this book called God Hates Astronauts. There were these strips. And he did a Kickstarter for it, and uh, it was uh, it was very successful. And uh, you know, he he printed books. And I remember specifically, this isn't supposed. To, I'm not going to name drop because that's not what I want to do. But like a person who's really well known in comics, who we're going to be talking about later, was the one who told me about it. And he was effusive about it. He had just gotten the book back from the Kickstarter reward, and he was like, "You have to read it. It's it's the greatest thing." And I think in terms of what people are doing with comic books, it's this just explosion of humor and energy and 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 sort of like love uh, of big huge ideas uh that are funny in the in the comic book form in the sort of way that you tell a mainstream uh superhero invention science fiction comics all mixed up with this sort of undeniable personality of its creator um and there's nothing else like it and it's funny because i was reading um i was reading uh the rocket raccoon issue that came out this week number three and I saw things, and then I was like, that looks like it was totally influenced by God Hates Astronauts. And like, so those things are sort of coming into other things. So, if you didn't hear that Book of the Month review, uh, what is this? Crap, I don't want to have to explain it again. It's, uh, <laughs> Read it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like, the, like, it's this world where there are all these crazy creatures and superheroes and... Uh, but the guy has a, he doesn't have a head, he has a cow head. They actually recap the entire flaming blue dead cow ghost head, actually, to be more specific. It's like a grown-up version of Axe Cop, mm-hmm. is, is kind of what it is. Like, Axe Cop is just this, like, 
this explosion of, of id thoughts, and this is like that, but but for an adult, uh, and this takes place after um, the other story. And basically, if there was if there was to be a plot, which is very loose, um, it's these guys' job. They work for the government to stop farmers from blasting rockets into space. It's a problem. It's an undocumented problem. It was, well, it was that Billy Bob Thornton movie, right, where he was right. the astronaut yeah. farmer, so taking off from Some there, folks calls it a farmer rocket or sling blade. They're interchangeable. Because what happened was one of these rogue farmer astronauts killed the son of King Tiger eating a cheeseburger, who was known as Admiral Tiger eating a cheeseburger. You can, it's so difficult to explain this. And and they want to avoid war. Um, but in this, you find out that, that, that King Tiger eating a cheeseburger has already decided upon a course of war, uh, and that's what we're going to get. Hmm. It's, it's insane. Was it the Archduke bar- Franz Ferdinand eating a cheeseburger in that car when he was shot before World War I? I don't believe so. And, but can we and rule it out? To be. Well, we wanted to be. <laughs> Gabriel Princip was a famous uh, vegetarian, so that would have really upset Man, him. No, need... no, no. That's... We're getting really deep here. I need to um, eat a cheeseburger like I need a hole in the head. I, I feel I feel like everyone at some point, all right-thinking people, are all, you know, at least 80% of the chance they're thinking, I'd rather be eating a cheeseburger right now. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, okay. See... <laughs> Um, did either of you guys read this? Is it just me? Am I alone? On I, this? I I started reading it and oh no, <laughs> no. I mean, it was. I think I, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is for you. Um, okay. I am too. I'm really surprised. Not not saying that I, that I that it's bad. I just think it's it's very hyperbolic and very silly. And I and I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. It might be too like like you might think it was too think, clever or something. Generally, like, you don't go for stuff. the really silly stuff. I agree with you. Yeah. And I am actually a bit surprised about it myself. But the fact is, it makes me laugh. That's good. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like there's a real line in the sand for when references to other things, this is just an example, are okay to use. I don't think it's generally funny or clever to use references to other stuff in pop culture, that sort of postmodern way that we've all gotten used to. I'm very tired of it. But it's right, done well, in this What would we do book, without, without those references in this show, Josh? We, we, I know, exactly. No, and I... I apply that to myself. Well, this entirely. doesn't necessarily reference things. It's not making pop culture references. It, it just it's it's like non sequitur after non sequitur is sort of what it's doing. It does, but the thing is, there are the references there. It's just they're super subtle. Like for example, like the, the like this the sort of not the main character, but the second one is is Nald Winslow, who had gorilla arms. He was Carl Winslow basically from right, Family no, Matters, but true. he's also interchangeable with the officer from Die Hard. Now he has robot arms because the gorilla arms got ripped off, and that's just very weird and it's weird in a way that is not so weird that i it's it's like there's a spectrum of weird and funny and i i guess i find it far enough to the funny part that i'm okay with it and i'm cranky you know that but like there's just this little bit where like in one of the like they they find the all the farmers about to uh uh take off and the 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 lead farmer who is in love with the chicken Mm -hmm. and wants to have sex with the chicken and so he made it into a woman chicken anyway um, like he looks up and he's like, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Now that line is straight out of Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. It's not referenced as being Back to the Future. It's not got a bunch of gags around it, but there's no way that that wasn't there, which is honestly how my friends talk. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like it's for whatever reason his his cultural zeitgeist is tuned in very closely to what mine is. And I think that that's part of what I, I like about it. Now, do I want to read this every month for the rest of my life, and would it get old? No, and probably yes. That's, that's my guess. But for right now, like, it's really fun, and it, it really has this burst of energy that I, I don't see in a ton of comics. It's, it's like this, this, uh, just ex- this id that is just all over the page with this sort of very specific sense of humor uh, with pretty good cartooning, pretty imaginative cartooning. Um, and I think the people who, who like it will really like it. And I think it also works in a, a comic book standpoint really well. Uh, I mentioned the, the, the sound effects earlier that are drawn into it. And all the sound effects are kind of like word jokes. Like uh, the guy gets kicked in the crotch and it just it says dick pain. Or, or like he's got, a, he's got a joust thing and it says joust, you know. Uh, it, you're, it is right on the edge of being irritating. But it isn't for me for whatever reason. Whatever that indefinable quality is. Um, I like it a lot, and I like that it's it's really unique. There's, there's nothing like it. Paul, what did you think of it when you read there it? Is, I'm just looking now at some of the... I, I do like the, um, the the sound effects. Like, there's one with an umlaut, <laughs> which is yeah. just fun. So I like that I like that about it. I don't know. It's I, kind of just sort of the, the raunchy juvenile humor doesn't kind of work for me, but... Um, mm-hmm. I like how hyperbolic it is and I like that it, like, it knows it's silly and it's, you know, wearing that on its sleeve. So, I mean, it's, it's fun, but it, it kind of wore a little thin for me, um, uh, before the issue. Was I can, and I can, I can completely understand that, but you know, in, in the way that these sort of reviews and these picks are, are, are subjective, uh, mm-hmm. it just worked for me. And for maybe, you know, that could have everything you guys know, like, Sometimes it has everything to do with what kind of mood you're in in a given week. Mm-hmm. And totally. so the most escapist thing uh, is, is the thing you want. I absolutely, I am so charmed by the tigers eating cheeseburgers. That's my favorite thing that I've ever seen. They have an army of, there's, a, there's an army of bears, which I find very funny for some reason. And I like that it just never does, it like, it like eschews structure and, and moving forward in a way that I find uh, palatable for some reason. I just like the very... idea of this sort of crashing down through the atmosphere into your living room with two screaming mm-hmm. kids, and you needed this right now. Yeah. Like, and I that, like that, that, that it's could... there for you. But, I mean, like, the thing was, is that, like, I, I liked this when I read the trade, because I didn't know what it was. I just had, I had a friend of mine who I liked a lot, who was, who was very talented, said, you, you really should read this. It's, it's unlike any of the things. And it was. Um, and when I, you know, I want that, that what you got before was relatively short. So when we got to this, like I could totally stand a a little more. Um, but I, I totally, I can totally see myself, you know, going, okay, that I've had enough of that. But for right now, I'm still, I'm still down. I guess it's like Mr. Show. I had enough of Mr. Show at a certain point, but there's no denying there was a certain sort of maniacal genius about it. And that's what what the pick is about. It's, you know. Yeah. Right here, right now, what is the, the thing that's most entertaining to me that is most needed in my life right now? Yeah. I, I also think that I, I do think that this is really going to be very influential. I think you see shades of this, like going into other, other stuff that people are making, because this is one of those books that like a lot of pros really like. This was a guy who was sort of found doing these comics and, and, and you know, other pros sort of talking him up on, on the Internet. And that's how he sort of got to be well known and also by being sort of very talented. And just thinking a, about just thinking about the books that we're talking about this week, there are a lot of comedic books that we're going to be talking about, or a few at least. But yeah, um, 
I like that that's happening. It wasn't for a long time. Like it's very rare to, to laugh at a comic book. Now there's there's more and more of those. Is it a mini? Is it an ongoing? What is it? I don't know, but I think it's one of those things like with Image, they don't, they don't, don't say. say. Yeah. They don't specify. So really. that's why I don't know. Well, I was somewhat surprised that Southern Bastards number four, the conclusion of the first arc, which is called something. Here, here, uh, was, here a was a man. Here was a man. Uh, was not the pick. In that uh, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour, the creative team, have completely uh, taken the stories thus far and turned it on its head. Is this my uh, Black Lantern? No, not, not 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 to that degree. I was just I was I was I thought this was going to be an easy week for you, but uh, you know, you never know what, what you're in the mood for. Well, you, I, listen, you, you write an angry email into the contacted iFanboy. I did. I might. No, then I deleted it. Not just from your own email account, <laughs> like to Josh's email account. Through, yeah. the, through the contact. That'd be really weird. Like you sent in to the to the contact account. Like, like I need I, to be formal about this. this couldn't be, dear <laughs> sir. Not the usual channels. I had to, <laughs> had to go through the the right process <laughs> to do this. Just to let him. Just to let me understand how you felt. Exactly. Uh, so it's a really is, good issue. Yeah. It's, obviously. So this issue, our hero, uh, is it Earl? Earl. He uh, he has been driven to despair. They've wrecked his house. The the, the local uh, football loving gangs have wrecked his, his dad's house and his stuff and his U-Haul truck and or y'all. And uh, the little kid that was hanging around, they beat the crap out of him too. So he's at the end of his rope. He's gonna go meet out some justice with his big stick and ends up getting beaten to death <laughs> by uh, the first the kids and then the boss, coach and, boss, boss yeah. coach boss. And uh, we find out that the person he's been calling this whole time, we, he's been on his cell phone this, all these three issues. He's been leaving messages, ending them with please to return the call. Uh, I thought it was either, you know, a estranged wife or girlfriend or someone who had maybe had been dead and he wasn't dealing with it well. Or there was also like this, this, this kind of anxiety that it was like this, this postmodern thing that he was like not talking to anybody or something. Right. Like what was going his, on. His, his Rick from Walking Dead phone. Um, and, yeah, it was a little like that. Is that on the show or is that just the, the, the yes, walkie-talkie was, thing? Yeah. Okay. On the show. But they got rid of it pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. We it's find all. out here it was it's his daughter who is actually um, a soldier and uh, a marine and uh, has been stationed uh, you know stationed overseas. Finally, finally got all of his messages, and so the last page reveal is her with her machine gun on the phone, listen, listening to all her dad's messages. So you can only not imagine like, not now. like brandishing the gun like I'm going no, to but take she's care got business. A, but there's I, in, I prefer she's in station, so she's got it over, strapped over her shoulder. Yeah, so she's just getting the message. She doesn't know that he's been beaten to death yet, and it's and I like that idea that it's misconnections. And for the reader, you make the connection that oh shit, bad, bad things are going to happen. More bad things are going to happen when she you know gets word about this. And that changes the entire tenor of the story, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the old switcheroo that you think it's going to be just about Earl Tubbs and his stories uh, at an end. Giant hole inside of his head, which I didn't pick up the first time. Inside of his face, where he got stabbed. And I like this device of the of the dog. This just furious stray dog that's that's been in each issue so far, and is is barking. And there's these great sort of uh, montage sequences. These big grids across two pages. Of just all the, the the fraught tension and and the violence, and this dog is just barking, you know, at the end of its tether, and then finally, 
uh, Earl is, is dead on the ground and everybody's sort of, you know, nothing more to see here, folks walking away. And the dog just comes up and, you know, sniffs at him and is quiet for once and is just sniffing and then just, just sort of saunters off. And it's just sort of this great uh, representation of just the uh, the rage and, and the tension uh, in this town with this guy coming back and like, why don't you just go home? Just wherever you're from, just go back. We're we're fine here. We don't want to be bothered by any How interlopers. Sorry. <laughs> Can't, can't literally can't help it. Uh, once again, we have another one of those um, uh, three, six, nine, twelve page, double page, so twenty-four panel action sequences that they did before. Uh, but this one was really great because uh, when the fight starts, you know Earl's getting beaten down by the gang of thugs, but by the time it's over, he's got the upper hand. But it really, you have to really look at what's happening to really see the, the transition. Because at first, I read it, I didn't, I pick it up. Yeah, I didn't either. And I had to go back and really study the action and go, oh, right, he is actually turning the tide, but you don't really notice it unless you're really paying attention. Exactly. There's, um, yeah. there's a rise and fall there, and it's that's pretty cool. And there's there's a little bit of – I'm not looking at – it's not in front of me right now, but there, isn't there a, uh, an instance of football in there? Yeah, it, well, it flashes to him in Vietnam. It flashes and, yeah. to uh, football. Uh, it flashes to his dad. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. So, in yeah, so it's, not, it's not just, you know, point of view kind of thing. There's also um, – there's some interesting memories. Actually. There's the yeah, kid in the tree. It's uh, a very visceral version of Show Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a very simple comic book, um, but you have to pay attention to it. And and I found myself like normally I look at a spread like that and I'm like yeah, I'm reading whatever I'm like, I get it. I went back and I had to like look and there's a little story that happens in there. Um, reminds me of um, what was that the Ray Fox book One Soul I think mm-hmm. like the whole book looked like this. And it took place over different time periods with different characters. Uh, and, and you sort of went through it that way. It felt like a little shade of that in there, which was kind of cool. Um, for me, like the issue, it was oddly structured because parts of it felt like, well, you're just going to go walk up to these people and try to be tough again. Which I was like, we've done that several times. And then obviously there's the big carpet getting yanked out from under you uh, by the end. And... I think uh, I didn't expect that, and I also think I'm super lucky that I read past that credit page because <laughs> there's a very good chance that I wouldn't oh, have because sure. that, you know, where we see the epilogue. Because normally that's where you put uh, a um, like a preview of some other book or whatever that I'm either going to read or not when it comes out later. So don't usually do it now. So you know, like it says, you know, like there, you know, Southern Bastards. There was a man, Jason Aaron Ryder, Jason Latour art. Okay, and I happen to flip, and I say, "Oh wait, no, this is the same story." It's keep going, which which was huge, right? Because that really was the capper that that made me go, "Oh, that was very good." It's the, uh, uh, the post credit sequence. Yeah, stick around. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, she's joining the stop. Avengers. I assume that's where this is. I that's where this has to go, right? I mean, he works for Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that Monica Rambeau? Isn't his daughter Monica Rambeau? She could be. I think that that's again. You know, I don't know how the legal copyright stuff works with this, but it was very good. Well, they have, uh, they have a Foghorn uh, Leghorn cartoon on in the hospital. <laughs> so yes, they did. I was like, that's very clearly the uh, the little chicken hawk character from uh, Foghorn Leghorn. So very good issue. Um, the Punisher number ten from Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Jarrods. I, I don't often look at covers these days with the with the uh, digital comics, but. I really do like this cover quite a bit. That is a nice one, yeah. With the uh, Punisher marking his days in prison by the, making the skull on the wall. And I think it's all the more striking. I don't know if it's the first one, but but um, 
most of them have been sort of teal. And so now we've got this, this sort of like warm yellow entering into the, into the South equation. America. And so, and, it, but it's, you it's have just been a, into color theory lately. Well, no, I just, I, I just thought it was noticeable that, that there's sort of, um, they've all been sort of, a of, a of a type. And now there's this, you know, someone else was doing that with their books. There were all these green, the Terry Moore book, um, where all the covers were red. And then all of a sudden for the Rachel rising was, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the one. But anyways, so in this issue, uh, the Punisher's in Costa Rican prison, and what I what I liked was there was this sort of artistic gag in that uh, he, from for a lot of the first part of the issue, he's staring straight forward with the same scowl on his face while his cellmate talks to him incessantly. And if you keep going through the panels, he, he continues to have that scowl, straightforward scowl. Uh, it's it's, a, it's like a repeated pattern, uh, even when he's laying in bed with his hands, you know, thinking about what's going to happen. But I liked that sort of visual representation of him very very focused and concentrated while all this stuff's going on around him. Well, also, you know, we've seen, we've seen plenty of Punisher in prison stories. Right, that's what I thought so, when I first opened it up. I was like, okay. Yep, I did. It, well, I mean, basically, you know, my, the thing that I thought coming out of this is that 10 issues in, I was looking forward to this because um, I really like Mitch's art uh, as a rule, and it was really, it's fun to see what he's doing mm-hmm. um, and how he's improving. Uh, through this, I like Nathan Edmondson okay. I find his stuff to be a little cold sometimes. Um, and when we started off, I we had just come off that that Rucka run, and I don't even like the Punisher all that much. We come off that Rucka run, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. Then we come into this, and and they completely changed the Punisher. Like the, like his character is actually different than he had been in the last run, and his 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 where he is and his sort of mission. It's all been skewed slightly. And at ten issues in, I find myself really enjoying this book. Yeah. Um, I thought this was an excellent sort of setup of being in prison and and how it would work and 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 sort of you almost because everything is so different you almost forget that the default setting for Punisher historically is that he's got whatever it is handled. So you realize like I I had forgotten that with the Punisher in prison that's the place he wants to be. He's going to be able to to take down tons of people and you know he said something about it. he mentioned it like you know. Normally, this is, I don't remember what the line is, but it was just, I don't normally send people here. If they got here, that's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Look at them enjoying the sun. Right. You know, like, and I just, I really liked the progression of it. I liked how it was going, and then you, you get that idea about what's going on back in L.A., so you know he's going to go back there and fix it. Um, it's just, it's really well done, and I think uh, as an artist, uh, you know, Gareth is, is really coming a long way. There's some really nice layouts and storytelling in this. Yeah, I mean, I it wasn't he... as... I would uh, like sometimes his stuff can look a little stiff, well designed, well colored, but um, in this, like it, it felt just a little more hand wrought. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was really impressed with it because I mean, like we said, it's sort of we've seen the Punisher in prison before, but this still felt differently because the L.A. Punisher. There's a different vibe. There's a different. Uh, there's a different mood to the story, and so it didn't feel like all the other times the Punisher's been in jail and it's grim, dark kind of thing. There's a. There's kind of a different uh, rhythm happening here, and what Mitch was doing in the art. I mean, I, I imagine it must be a nightmare to have to draw a prison story, and you already are in a grid to have to do even more. You know, verticals. You know, and and you're stuck in in you know you're con- you're confined in in all the in all these grids and and all these confined spaces. But he mixes it up 
uh, with a lot of sort of Dutch angles and things. And it doesn't go overboard with it because you totally can with Dutch angles, but keeps it from feeling too vertical, too up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, too many. Uh, it's it, it. It would be like all cross hatches if you did it. You know, entirely. If you like set the tripod up and just steady, and uh, and did everything level. Actually, doing some canted angles like that. I also outside of the prison. I like the scene where uh, was it Lou from the diner mm-hmm. uh, gets killed or beaten up at the at the end. Well, I guess, I guess he gets shot because the guy's a gun. But um, that sequence is great. The way they uh, the way they end that sequence, where uh, the two kids uh, stop him from uh, you know locking up the diner, and you just see the shadows on the ground. I thought that was really cinematic and interesting. Yeah, he's getting stomped. I also really like the face of that one really skinny thug. He reminded yeah. me of that dude from Breaking Bad. Skinny and I think, and yeah. like way too often, like thugs thugs in comic books are just big you know, hulking dudes. And in that I was like, and I was like, that's a really nice real face. Right. You know, it was just sort of a different body type. And then, you know, it almost gets dark as you keep going through it. Like, like the whole book goes to nighttime. Mm-hmm. It starts in the day and you've got sort of this blue and red thing going on in the prison. And then by the time you come back to LA at the end, it's, it's sort of, you know, dusk and then nighttime and then the, the lights of the sky. That it's a really nice gorgeous. progression. That, it's uh, really gorgeous. Wide open, let's burn down LA. Uh, it's sort of the inverse of Listen, the, uh, you the last Listen, we've already got fire problems. I was gonna say that's not gonna be tough. It's if he just let if they just let nature take its course. Yeah, gonna probably burn anyway from the wildfires. So oh, thanks. You did the thing we knew was gonna happen anyway. <laughs> you might as well take all the water while you're at. I it. hope you brought your own water. That's yeah. that's your editor's note. Let's help burn down LA. <laughs> Let's hasten the burning of LA. Let's get the burn past the freeways. Oh, it's just like get like 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 pull the band-aid off. Let's get it over with so we can move forward. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna say that last page is it's sort of like the inverse of the the last page, uh, at least for now, of uh Fell. Where it's uh, you know, sort of that wide open hopefulness looking up at the sky and this is very bleak and mm-hmm. and uh, and muddy grays in there. I, I like how that the page is rendered too. You've got fell on the brain. It's the second fell mention you mentioned in the last two weeks. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I just found it interesting. I love that book. He's, I came he's, across he's, uh, it while I was dusting. <laughs> so. He's unrequited with Fell. That's why. Mm-hmm. The Superior Foes of Spider-Man 15, is this the final issue? I believe so. It uh, had every evidence of being a final issue that was not supposed to be a final issue. All right. Okay. Well, you guys talk about that Basic- while I look up make sure that's true. <laughs> well, I didn't read it, so... Just- well, uh, uh, I mean, this is, the, this is the Nick Spencer... Nick Spencer just, like, really going out of the... I don't want to say the comfort zone, but the typical stuff that we've seen from him over the over the years, and delivering a really fun uh, hijinks kind of kind of wacky book that exists deeply within Marvel continuity and tone. Mm-hmm. It was it was just you know fifteen issues is is no small thing, and it was it was really fun in these characters who we did not know. It's not the last uh, issue. It isn't really. You get two more. You're kidding me, because basically. Uh, what happens here is that the gang sort of gets back together. They take down Shocker, who had the head of, of Sylvia Silvermane, and they go, you know what, that's it. We're totally a team, and we are really going to do this together this time. And then you sort of cut to each of them uh, making an offer to somebody else to screw the other people over. And then, like, the last page is, is like, it looks, it looks like, like, a, like, a, like a quick series wrap-up. I suppose we just got to stick together, and it's a big like uh, like montage. It looks like it was tacked on at the end. 
I think um, I think there's still much more fun to be had. They've got their they're good. I mean, they're, they're obviously crossing is. each other. It's uh, yeah. I think there's. It there's felt like they were room. just leaving that out there like a freeze frame. Mm-hmm. I could I could see. Oh that, no! No, we got we got that's, some. That's what it felt like to me. But if there's more, we got that's totally cool. But I, you know what? In that time, I, I think that the trade just came out recently, and and this book was so good. And I just I don't I don't see people talking about it very much. And they, they should be. So any chance I get from now to then to sort of beat the drum, I suppose it's too late. But I, I think people should just get out there and enjoy it, and they should get their credit. I, I'm, I'm heartened in the fact that, that apparently when they announced that it was ending, that, that mm-hmm. Spencer said, you know, we this is the story that we wanted to tell. Like, if there was, you know, you know desire for that to continue, they could obviously come up with more story. But this is the story they wanted to tell from the beginning, so they get to do that. Mm-hmm didn't necessarily get that with like something like uh thor the mighty avenger that was mm-hmm. cut off you know and there were there were more issues to that story but um, it was it was sometime in uh in 2014 that paul began to fixate on series from it ended pretty really. shortly. <laughs> just bitter raging by by 2015 it's pretty much all he could talk about it was just like and another thing about dead enders four thousand words um Life Panels turned, is really all about I've, series. I used I've to be. turned thirty and <laughs> oh, you turned back. thirty and now you're looking back. Of right, welcome <laughs> to the club. You know what? You know what? October is Howard the Duck month. Deal with it. <laughs> it just keeps going. And I can um, do that. But you know, besides that, that it, it was another really good issue. Like it was a good, uh, you know, like I read a lot of good books this. They this buried weekend, Shocker. I loved it. Alive. They buried while him they alive. talked about him like. It, while they talked about him like uh, affectionately, I love while overdrive. They Last issue was uh, was an overdrive issue and talking about yeah. how his powers work and it's nanobacteria, and so basically he soups up. He can soup up anything. So he has like a wheelbarrow that they're using to carry his body to dump him in this mm-hmm. grave, and then he's able to overdrive it into, you know, a big. Uh, a uh, piece of construction equipment to to dig out uh, the grave, and it's just they had a barroom brawl in here where they all got to use their powers, and uh, and boomerang look, is and, sort and, of happy and, drunk and and especially and look at that outside of the look at that outside of the graveyard. You see him. Uh, uh, he's when he's transforming the the wheelbarrow. Right. They put the sound effect backhoe in, and that's what I'm talking about. Like that's all over. Uh, uh, God hates astronauts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that that didn't happen a lot recently, and I'm seeing it constantly now. But it's sort of, it's sort anyway. of like the height of them as a group and getting along and being happy, and they have this small victory of this barroom brawl, and then you reveal that everybody's betraying the others, and and um, and then and you know one of them I can't remember the name the, the speedster I can't think of Quicksilver. No, but anyways, he's the Flash. Flash? <laughs> Who? They're basically Max Mercury, that he, one from Young Avengers, that that one who's Quicksilver's son. They even they had, to, they had to contrive, you know, someone for him, Madam MPH, to talk to, because they hadn't, you know, addressed like yeah. a possible person for him to be, you know, uh, colluding with to, yeah. uh, to backstab Quick? the others. Ooh, good one, Bart. It's a great book. Finally, Wolverine's gonna die. Death of Wolverine number one is, is almost more impressive for the fact that it culminates the ascendancy of Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You take the big event and Steve McNiven. Have fun. Speed in Demon what, is his name. In what feels like record time. <laughs> like, like people, get, pe- people keep getting event books earlier and earlier in their career. And it, there's no doubt that he's earned it in a, in a short amount of time. 
But, uh, you know, like, here's, here's the reins. Go Is with it. Is it an event book if no one's talking about it? It's, it's, to Marvel, it's their event book anyway. Is like it? Because or- or- Original Sin still happening. Uh, this, is that an event? Uh, this is a yeah. this is a character event. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't ha- mean event in the specific sense, but it's you know they they're gonna they're gonna put out their PR full court press. They're gonna try to get this into mainstream media. They're gonna do interviews. It's gonna be the it's gonna be one of the linchpins of their financial quarter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And it's you know it's it's a relatively big character who Fox has the movie rights to. And this so is also sort him. of the launch of Charles Soule as Marvel exclusive writer. Yeah, um, although yeah, it's going to take a little time. bit for some of those other books to to dwindle well, down. It, so he's, he's working as, on so much that it's as we know he likes to work, and so I'm guessing he just wrote those books. Here you go; I, I, these are ahead for a year, so you can print them when you'd like. I, I'm going to be exclusive <laughs> over here now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it sounds like Swamp Thing is going to get to wrap up in the way that he wanted. You know, there's a few more issues of uh, Superman, Batman to go through, and but after that, he'll he'll be uh, at Marvel, and he'll still do Leather Forty Four, Letter Forty Four. He's Leather writing 44 Superman, is, Batman. I'm sorry, Superman, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Oh, right, okay. Different love story. Different love. Story. So, did you guys read this? Yeah, Death I, of Wolverine. Uh, I really like this actually. I I kind of you know Death of Wolverine, like Death sure. of anybody, like what is you know like what is yeah, this? Absolutely. And, I thought this was great. I thought this was one of my one of my favorite Charles Soule scripts. I think there's a lot of great things going on in here. Like Wolverine is obviously hurting, and he goes to Mister Fantastic and says, "You know what can we do?" And he says he's already been to Beast and some others. And Mister Fantastic is basically like, "I'll figure this out. I am a genius. <laughs> I will get your healing factor back, but you kind of got to lay low for a bit." And I got to get out of you know the action, or else you're going to die because of your your fighting style and all the people who hate you. So you just need to chill out and and let me figure this out. And so he goes to an island and is just going to hang out. And I love that he goes to a bar and basically leaves a map for anybody who's going to go after him. And inevitably, that was a really nice. Every there's there's so many great like reveals in this. Like so, Nuke shows up uh, with his great Wait, which was super cool in that they redesigned him a little bit because he just was in Captain America. If you read some of the stuff in the back, mm-hmm. he was like a, like they said, because I noticed, I was like, he's a little fat. And it's that they had said, like, imagine like he's a pro wrestler who's gone to seed. Like he's still kind of, you know, he's still big and burly and he's still a tough he's guy. But cauliflower ears and he's a bit, yeah. yeah. He's a bit burly. And I, I, I thought that was actually a really, I mean, I mean, and it's such a, it's such a metaphor for America. <laughs> sort of that that sense, you know, if you want to look at it that way, uh, you can. It is a like it the, is a great design though. Um, yeah, it is. And it's just subtle. Um and, and, and I guess the other side of the story is you know, this is Steve McNiven and it's a different Steve McNiven than we saw, say for example, in Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. which now may or may not be possible. <laughs> <laughs> um and I liked it. I liked the smoothness of it. Uh I didn't love the way it was colored. Okay. It was a little mainstreamy, sort of typical. You know, lots of gradients, lots of. I mean, basically, this is the. Was this it overcolored is a, old Marvel overcolor. A little bit, a little bit. Not badly. Not, nice lighting. Was bad. And everything. I just think that there were no. opportunities to do something a little more nuanced. It just wasn't as. It was just a little more traditional, I suppose. Mm-hmm in the modern sense of, of how comics are colored, where we've been going simpler. But, you know, again, if you look at, if you look at Steve McNiven's art, maybe that's, that's the right way to go with it. Uh, well, so, so anyways, there's this hit out on, on Wolverine. We found out that he doesn't have his healing factor and he's killable. And 
basically the longer you take to kill him, the less of a bounty there is. So everybody's rushing to get to him. So you have Nuke in a in a boat coming out to get Wolverine, and there's all these obstacles in getting to the shore, uh, where he's told them basically, "Come and get me." And uh, then you then you actually get to the shore, and there's all these like Hydra people, like AIM agents, like. Um, all the like ninjas and stuff like just dead in the surf and this is um i mean it's getting it's like veering close towards like a max kind of wolverine yeah um it's 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 kind of dark and even I though really, it takes place in the larger marvel universe yeah i really like the scene basically the the page where he defeats um uh why uh, well, his name just completely nuke he just completely went away from me and it's basically it's, if you watch Deadwood, it's the scene where Dan Doherty beats uh, um, Joe McCraney's agent in the street. Mm-hmm. Where oh, just yeah, yeah. beats him over and over again, and and that's it. Like, it's just, just like this crunch, 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 crunch. He headbutts him to death because apparently that's the... that's He, he won't heal anymore, but he still has the adamantium uh, skeleton. So, mm-hmm. that, that you know, the thing is that's going to be the thing that kills him. He can't... His, a body that doesn't heal itself can't survive with an adamantium skeleton, basically. Um so he headbutts him to death. He still and, has uh, a little you know, bit of augmented strength and agility. Yeah, he's and got his strength and speed. He's able to carry that heavy gilded yep. skeleton. So uh, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I didn't. I mean, not that I thought I was going to be bad, but you know, Charles Soule's a good writer, and he keeps proving it over and over again. Yeah, um, I think, I think it, you know. You can, and if you got to read a, a Death of Wolverine book, if that's the assignment, this is as good a way as any. To, I uh, love to, the bit to carry where it out. he's he like mentions like what's hurting, um, just within his internal monologue. So we'll say like hands, which yeah. he doesn't overdo it. Um, I thought that the the balance was really nice. And then after he you know basically uh, uh, headbutts um, Nuke into submission, uh, and his like his skin's peeling away, and that great you know he's got this American flag tattoo on his face, and that's all peeling away. And you've got like metal underneath and. At the end of all that, he crashes back and's like, head or like face, like like that hurts, uh, and yeah. tosses him into a rock, and he's like everything because everything hurts. Yep, I like that device. Good stuff. I thought pretty good. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, where do you buy it? Where Paul? do you buy it when this when is all said and done? And if you it. wanted to go grab, you know, uh, uh, old man Logan, you could head on over to ifanboy.com/slash/amazon, and we'll get a little piece of the action. Cause you love us. That you shit do. was good. You want it was that, good. You want that. It was really good. Anything with a map that basically says what the new territories are in this new dystopia. Commandy's got it. Old Man Wolverine's got it. You know what's what's the Louisiana Purchase doing these days uh, here at the end of the Marvel Universe? So that's always fun. So you can do that, or you can help us by going to ifanboy.com/slash/registration. Uh, Three dollars a month, thirty dollars a year. Help us out. Uh, keep us in light bulbs. I got so many light bulbs. We got to figure out a new metaphor explanation of what this money is going to because. Well, with, with the CFL halogen. bulbs, they don't. Oh, halogen. That's where we're going. Anyway, talk LED to me about. LED bulbs are expensive. That's mm-hmm. true, but they last forever. That's the mm-hmm. point. Yes. And they don't use as much. Anyway, uh, death defying Dr. Mirage. This is one of this is a Paul thing. This I is assume. a Paul. Yeah, this is uh, the death defying Dr. Mirage number one by Jen Van Meter and Roberto De La Torres. This is gorgeous. And this is from whom? This is from Valiant. Have you ever given Valiant oh. some love this week? And this is, I guess, it's being billed as their first uh, female led Valiant book in the new 
Valiant era. And you don't have to have read any of the other Valiant stories to, to get in on this. This is also a miniseries. So it's it's five and you're and you're out. But this is great. This is there's a little shades of Orpheus here. You have uh, Doctor Mirage, who is female, and she's dealing with the loss of her husband, and he is out of reach to her. And she sort of you know has those occult abilities to talk to people on the other side. And she has an agent who is continually forcing her into these jobs where she has to go to like a. Uh, sort of like um, uh, a support group uh, for people who have lost their loved ones and give a talk and maybe help them out. And she's like, I don't want to do this. This is awful. And uh, and basically he's like, you need the money. You got you to gotta do it. And uh, it culminates in her going to uh, this wealthy guy's mansion. And even just for a consult, it's going to be $30,000 and more beyond that to help break a bond between him and some kind of netherworld demon or, or you know, um, strange creature that he found uh, uh, out in the world and is now bound to him uh, through mystical uh, tethers, I guess. And what I really liked about this was that it's just a great character study. Uh, Jen Van Meter does a fantastic job creating a well-rounded character who's not so nice, um, but it's not exactly Dr. House either. There are there are things to like about this character, but she's not an easy person to be around. And so I'm excited to see that character study play out and, you know, how she deals with loss and everything like that. And uh, see where she goes into the supernatural dream realm. Uh, and the, the, the art is gorgeous. It looks a lot like uh, Greg Ticini uh, and what he's doing on Low. So that's a that's an easy pick. Did new you guys, Vertigo. Right? Yeah, I know. Basically, there's a new Vertigo. <laughs> there's a new Vertigo there's out in the world. There's a new Vertigo title, so I had to talk about it. Uh, 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 sometime in the last couple of weeks, I said to myself, uh, I was two artists, and I said, uh, what happened to Peter Snarebjörn? Snarebjörn. 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 Maybe Bjorn. Yeah, what did Snarebjörn. happen to him? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> Does this relate to this book, Names Number One? And... <laughs> The second thing I said, and what happened to Leandro Fernandez? Oh, okay. Who is the artist of this book, along with Peter Milligan, who had created it. Most people, he did something mainstream afterwards, but I know Leandro Fernandez from doing uh, Queen and Country. He did uh, the, the famous uh, Long Nose arc, mm -hmm. oh, which yeah. a lot of people didn't like, but I really do. Mm -hmm. I really liked his work a lot, um, and I know it's, it's kind of super trippy. And this is basically like Wall Street, meets like a worldwide global conspiracy where a dude gets killed uh we don't know why but he left messages for his wife who is some sort of kickboxer so strong female protagonist who's unzipping the back of her dress on the cover oops but i really i really like i really like leandro fernandez and i had enjoyed peter milligan's work at the end of constantine so much that i'm totally willing to give him a shot with this if you read his bit at the end he basically is like this is my favorite thing that i've done uh, that so I created it's, uh, for so it's economics and and uh, kickboxing. Yeah, and like 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 Murder. the the secret secret global society of people. And the Illuminati. Who, and you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it mostly. I liked it enough to read it again. And I really like the art a lot. Very sort of just nice cartooning, very smooth, but just sort of sort of a little bit hyper exaggerated. And you know, it's just it's just that kind of European artist who 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 can't help but make everything a little bit sexy. Uh, although I could see it going the other way. Hawkeye versus Deadpool Zero. What the crap is this? That's what I said. Imagine, Jerry Duggan. Imagine a situation where Hawkeye 
of the Hawkeye book is the straight Hawkeye. man. Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. Imagine when he, um, where he's the straight man in the story. Yeah. That's Jerry Duggan comes along and, and does a story. And it's issue zero. There will be more that come after this. The art was uh, Matteo Lolly. Lolly, and I really like the art. It was sort of a a, a nice, uh, cartoony style. Yeah, and really it's, fun. It's aping bit a bit characters. of the Hawkeye thing and yeah. some of that language, but also doing his own thing. Yeah, uh, it's tied into what's been happening in Deadpool. Deadpool for sure. Um, I will tell you, while I like the art style, I think there were actually some storytelling and lettering problems throughout this mm-hmm. that made it a little unclear about which way you're supposed to go on, for example, a uh, double-page spread. But there was a really nice sequence at the end where Hawkeye's got one arrow to fire on a bow that's about to snap, and he does, and it snaps, and you know he, he hits him, and uh, you know there's a mystery going on, and these two guys have to work together. And it's you know totally classic superhero stuff. Oh, yeah, that's um, the one I wanted to bring up, because you get that, that POV scene where he's yeah. running while like targeting with a bow yep. and arrow is <laughs> just a really yep. weird thing to have to draw. But um, so that was pretty cool. And also I like the sequence. Wait, I agree with you. There's a little bit of storytelling. Like I was like, uh, you know, it wasn't totally clear, um, but I liked that bit with um, it opens with uh, pizza dog and, you know, the mystery and going back and forth and donuts and police's, policemen's pockets and things like that and anyways by the end of all of it deadpool's like wait so we're just supposed to wait until the dog solves the mystery or what are we doing and it's a it's a very uh hawkeye conceit and then poking fun at that but also celebrating it which i liked now josh i gave you some good-natured crap earlier about southern bastards but i actually don't know that i would have picked it had been my week uh, I know where you're going with this. She-Hulk number eight, I really loved it quite a bit. This is another Charles yeah. Soule book, Javier Polito on art. And I'm so enamored with the tone of this book and the characters. Can you tell me that this is the same guy who wrote that Death of Wolverine book we were talking about? I'd be like, you're, you're out of your mind. Right. He's very versatile. And I, just, I love the kind of workplace comedy slash serious drama tone he has going here. And I, I'm just, And I love the Javier Polito art, which really does play into it. The first page opens with two do- a doctor and a nurse talking about what's going on in the background. And so we're only seeing the characters that they're talking about acting in pantomime. And I thought that was a really great part where the two people hear something very shocking in their faces, really tell the story. And then uh, I love this old Captain America. I love the reaction of the characters to the old Captain America. I, I think this is just a wonderful book. I would have had a really hard time not making this the pick of the week. I don't want to keep going on because I know we're, we're, we're going behind. Uh, I can watch old Captain America. And the and how the world reacts to him all day. Yes. And and also the the fact that there is a Jamie Madrox dupe who, <laughs> <laughs> who is his job is to be a Hollywood attorney and he's kept around solely because he brings in money, uh, is wonderful. It's wonderful. And he sounds exactly like a shitty Hollywood. Uh, uh, it's, you lawyer. know what? Like at first I was like, this character is ridiculous, and then they explained it, and I was like, all right, that, I'll, <laughs> all right, I'll Bye. take that. <laughs> You got me. You win. That's fine. And I was totally cool with that. So I'm glad fun. I didn't have to make the choice because this would this would might have eaten out to other bastards. There's a lot of good books, man. I, there's a lot of quality books depending on what you want. Uh, I mean, the big reveal you saw coming a mile away, but it didn't matter because it's going to be interesting no matter in anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and this the cap stuff is so wonderful. So Charles Soule can also write Captain America. Yeah, he knows. He 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 knows. He gets it. He respects. So uh, those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Go to fanboy.com. You can find the uh, post about this show and talk about other books we didn't get a chance to talk about, although there weren't very many this week, so there may not be any other books for you to talk about. It's a really weird week. So I read a lot of books. Uh, I didn't have very many. I think I had like 10. It's, it's, it's getting weird, man. 
All right, so let's uh, talk about the book of the month, Paul. Yeah, it's time for uh, the September book of the month, and I think I think we'd be remiss if we did not tag uh, Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley, one of the great graphic novels of the year, uh, definitely of the summer, and I enjoyed the hell out of this. What I think was really interesting, and I don't think gets talked about nearly enough with this book, uh, because obviously people are talking about it, it's The Return of Brian Lee O'Malley, is The Colors by Nathan Fairbairn. I hadn't revisited the colored versions of Scott Pilgrim uh, now that Nathan Fairbairn has gone back and they're doing those new deluxe editions. So I think I'd only ever seen Brian Lee O'Malley in black and white, and that looks great, and it totally works for Scott Pilgrim, but this book is gorgeous uh, with these colors. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I picked one of those color uh, Scott Pilgrim books up in a bookstore like not long ago, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'd completely been like, I don't need that, I don't care. Nathan Fairbairn's very good, but you know, I don't, I don't get the ones. They're fine. And I was like, these look really good. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was obvious and apparent how good looking those were. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Carry on. No, I just, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious. People starting with seconds, and I know, and I know a lot of people that I've met through Book Riot and panels um, hadn't read Scott Pilgrim, and so I'm not sure which to recommend to them. Whether they should go and look at the color versions or read it in black and white the original way but anyways i just i think it's a gorgeous book and and uh really well made and it's <laughs> and we were joking before the, uh, we started recording it's a super quick read even though it yeah. feels like a big hefty you know hardcover volume it's a it's hard digest. yeah but you can tear through this in an afternoon and uh it's it's pretty great so this is a story of a young woman named katie who is on the verge of turning 30 she's been working as the chef at uh, this this quaint little country sort of restaurant. Uh, called Seconds. It's called Seconds with uh, uh, really great reviews and everybody's, everybody really loves it and, and you know, compliments her on it. But secretly, she's also working on this other restaurant, which is her dream uh, over on the, the other side of the river uh, and, and in a more urban environment, not out in the country. And so it's very different settings. But anyway, she's, she's found a, a business partner and they're working on making this thing happen. And all the while, she's living upstairs uh, in this building that houses the Seconds restaurant. And she's just sort of, it's, it, she's in this transition period within her life, in her relationships, uh, but then also uh, in her career. And so that's really interesting. She has a, a back and forth with the narrator, which is really playful and, and fun. It's uh, a really likable character who makes some mistakes and and learns from them. I think your results may vary depending on where you are in your life, how much you know patience you have for Katie. But well, that's that's. I wasn't going to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. this, let's get into this because. Um, I did really love this book, and I was going to make it my book of the month if you didn't uh, mm-hmm. make it yours, you jerk. But I loved it in spite of the main character, almost again like Scott Pilgrim. Okay, and I've I've and, heard that from <laughs> from other people. Yeah, like I, I, I once again I th- I think Brian Lee O'Malley's g- genius is that he's able to write these really compelling, fun stories with completely unlikable main characters uh, r- running around in them. Um, you should, you think Scott you think Scott Pilgrim is unlikable? I think so. by the end he's totally unlikable. I think I remember if you, if you go back, we we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. I, I I now have unfortunately I've I've inserted Michael Sarah as that, and, <laughs> and that gives it a different flavor. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I know what you're saying though. But so, uh, so, yeah, you know, so the world is great. Vary, but the, are great. Yeah, and I th- and I think there's there's enough in there and enough in the world that even if 
you know, you're you 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 get a little you know uh, wary of this character and all of her mistakes and how spunky she is. Um, I think there's enough to latch onto, and there's also some magic realism going on. Well, I mean, that's you're really yeah. You're not uh, telling the people the big part of the story. Well, I mean, well, is... we're getting there. I mean, th- that's okay. I'm laying the laying the groundwork. But then the, Does it all I take mean, place in a video game. The, no, it's all in her head. No, no, and it's not so that it's either. No it's she. Uh, it's she discovers there's sort of like a hobgoblin or house spirit in the the uh, the restaurant and the loft where she stays. And uh, there is kind of a video game conceit in that it involves uh, mushrooms and mushroom caps. And if you eat a mushroom uh, from uh, you find out that, it, that they're growing down in the basement of the, this building. Uh, that's a health violation. Um, it is. Yeah, and it's like and it's like in the walk-in, <laughs> like that's where the yeah. mushrooms are. So, anyways, if you eat these mushrooms and you write down uh, uh, something that you want to, it's it's you make a revision on your life. So, and it has to be sort of something that happened in that building, and then you go to sleep and you wake up, and the next morning. Uh, you've made that revision to your life. You have right, so changed. She, you, you have a second chance. At one point, she uh, parties too hard and is going to be screwed the next day. So she eats the mushroom and says, "I wish I didn't drink last night." She wakes up fine and dandy and no hangover. So it could be as small as that to major, major, major life-altering decisions uh, that that change the whole course of her life and the story. So it, it does become an interesting sort of look on what you have to live with in your life and what you can change and what you what. How decisions affect things. It's, it, there's a similar tone in About Time, that film from last year that right. we all love. Right. Um, you know, one decision it seems like a small one, but there's a there's a domino effect to the rest of your life. So you make one innocuous change, and suddenly you wake up, and your entire life is unrecognizable because of this one thing. And there's a lot of interesting stuff about that going on in the book, which I did like quite a bit. And it's a, it's just great cartooning from Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah. Oh, and I just realized how long it's been since I've seen you know new substantial Brian Lee O'Malley work. And it's been a long time. It's and yeah, and it's kind of like imagine you know if you hadn't been working so tirelessly on this and done some other projects, there would so much more. But I think this is worthwhile. This is you know it's it's well worth the wait. And there's just some great stuff in here. Like I was looking earlier at the um, there's a double page spread where they go down into the basement of Seconds. And that's where the kitchen is. And it's like this isometric view of all the different rooms. So it's not just a bird's eye view looking down. It's sort of angled. And that's that's kind of a video game conceit. Like if you think of like uh, Diablo and games like that where you're looking down but at an angle. So you see the doorways going into the room, but you're also looking down as if from It's also kind of like the cutaway of the, you know, like the... Yeah. Instead of a vertical cutaway like in the old Fantastic Four comics, it's actually a horizontal cutaway. They just slice the roof off. And I just, I just remember when I got to that, I just remember like my eyes went wide and I just poured. Yeah, it's a that great thing. spread. Yeah. You look at all the different rooms and you see where the characters are and certain character behaviors and somebody's hiding out and um, there's all those great relationships. Like there's like an intern like line cook named Patrick who is just like you don't spend a whole lot of time with Patrick, but. Uh, he's just that kind of quiet guy um, hanging out in in the restaurant and uh, kind of the butt of some jokes and everything. Uh, there's a couple of different romantic relationships um, for Katie for different parts of her life, and those are things that she sort of toggles with um, with the mushrooms. And things get a little bit crazy. Obviously, she makes too many revisions, and 
Um, by the end, I, I think I think he sticks the landing. Other than there's there was one thing that surprised me, and I don't want to give it away, but there's a certain relationship thing where things end well, up that kind yeah, of it, threw it, me. It in the same way, I thought it was a very similar problem to Scott Pilgrim. Again, uh, the main character is, was a Scott Pilgrim problem also, but I thought uh, one of the problems with Scott Pilgrim at the end was that uh, we thought he shouldn't have ended up with who he did in that in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then I thought the same thing happened here. Uh, the like, weird. <laughs> the relationship ending was not really earned and not really something that you rooted for throughout the story, and felt very strange that that was the way he went down the road he went down. But uh, the journey to get to that point is so fantastic that I didn't really hold it against the book overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was weird. But I just—I mean, I was—I was. Everyone I know who I talked to with Reddit, Reddit has the same reaction. Like, really? Okay. Because it was like, am I crazy, or is like that's? Uh, I turned the page. I was like, what? Uh, yeah. But but anyways, I thought the, I thought the writing was just was really sharp. There's some there's some really good jokes and and observations about you know and uh, about working relationships and you know I've never worked in a restaurant, but it just it felt. Like it was coming from a place of experience and mm-hmm. this is the hierarchy and these are some, this is what happens when some of them date or something like that. So, uh, he had a food, you know. he had a food art assistant, which, which is, oh, yeah. sense, all, the, all the food looked really good. So he had somebody come in, I think specifically to draw the food. And the actual recipes and stuff and yeah. try them out. Food is so hot right now. <laughs> yeah. Does he show, uh, last question, you know, is he showing growth from, from what we'd seen in Scott Pilgrim or is it, and it doesn't have to be either way, but, or is it the same guy? Well, or is there... I, 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 I wanted to check. I was like, is it Nathan Fairbairn who's doing the colors on the uh, the new versions of Scott Pilgrim? Let me go back and check. And I looked at volume one, and the artwork is not nearly as detailed. Um, the art, there's definite art growth, for there's sure. There's definite, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's definite growth there. And I think story-wise, we saw that even in the Scott Pilgrim books. Themselves. Oh, definitely. There was, a, there was a more mature storytelling at the end than there was in the beginning, and so there's the the commensurate steps. That's an older. He's older now, and he's better at it. Um, I do think some of his uh, particular foibles I don't necessarily like, so, which is the same problems I've had from both works. But that's just mm-hmm. it. Just could be my opinion. But I just think that, you know, like like just inventive layouts and yes, those are great. Uh, it's, he's a much better artist. There are no like phoned in pages. Like okay, I got to do page seven today. It's page seven. Is specifically he's been thinking about page seven for a very long time and. Everything feels like nothing's rushed. Nothing is. This all feels, you know, like painstaking work that took many years to do, as it did. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I really cool. recommend it if you like if you like his work. If you like Scott Pilgrim, uh, it's a it's a one it's a OGN from Ballantine Books, a book publisher. It's a hardcover. It's uh, which is impressive because book publishers pretty much got the hell out of comics. Except for a few people, you know, like uh, Daniel Ware yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Other, I mean, but like there was the the graphic novel explosion, mm-hmm. and then they pared it way down. It still exists, obviously, but um, well, I think if you're good. a guy who sold exactly tens of millions of copies of your graphic novel, like he did with Scott Pilgrim, then you're probably in, in for other, getting at least one book from Ballantine. Yeah. Other other weird thing I noticed. Uh, my last, my previous pick of the or pick book of the month was uh, the Love Bunglers by Jaime Hernandez. Also. Red Orange. It's a great mm-hmm. year for Red Orange books. So there you there go. There you go. So that's Paul's book of the month. He stole mine. So now I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I've got four weeks. I just feel like it's been out for a You've got eight we weeks need if to you want to wait there. for the end. Listen, Paul, you're allowed. To, you're allowed. 
Mm-hmm. No one's saying you're not. I'm just saying now I had a plan. Nope. Another plan has been blown up. I was up. like, I've read some stuff that's great, and there's, I think there's been some great stuff out this summer. But I was like, I'd be lying if I didn't say this was this needs to be a book of the month right away. October's book of the month is going to be Watchmen. Ever since Connor, ever since Paul got this uh, this other website thing going on, he's been awful uppity. Oh, awful uppity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not going to have time to get to any voicemails or emails today because of all the comics we had to talk about. Uh, we don't want to short change you there but if you want to email us you can uh, write into contact at ifanboy.com you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS for just 326-2697 and we will get to that again next week Uh, are there plugs? are there things? are we still talking about? you started your panels podcast yeah we're uh, we have episode zero is out now so it's not the first official episode but just a little seven or eight minutes we are recording right? (laughs) just for reasons it is called O Comics, and we leave that up to interpretation. <laughs> is it O Comics or O Comics? And like a vague re- re- uh, because basically, what, I don't know. Because what the show is is we're reacting to current events and things that are going on in comics that week. So we're not necessarily doing a rundown of all the things that we read, like this show, is because I, we're I heard, doing I both shows in parallel. There, Josh, I didn't hear a definitive no on that. I heard <laughs> We lawyer might be talking talk. about some books that we like that week, but I'll try it's to pick different things. Lawyer talk. And I'm not going to save my best material just for that show. Yeah. But you check so it out. Paul's jokes are all really flat because they're all the good ones are over on top. <laughs> but you can. No, and you'll you hear can, a, you'll hear a whisper uh, from a lawyer next to him. <laughs> Sorry, you can't say that. This is a comic thing. Redacted, but uh, but you can subscribe to that. Oh, now. what did you think of Wolverine? No, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I can't comment on that. It's actually an exclusive on <laughs> <I> Old <know> Comics. <laughs> it's an Old Comics exclusive. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do we have a timeline on panels.net yet, Paul? Uh, be, you'll be trick or treating and checking your iPhone for updates on uh, on panels.net. So, you'll be around very soon. giving out candy? Huh? Will you be giving out candy? Digitally through the website? No. Okay. No, can we'll we'll have we'll have book giveaways though. Disappointing. Just all funny. kinds of crazy stuff going on over at panels. Well, until until that happens, you can still go to ifanboy.com. You can come out on this show. You can talk about this week's books. You can find all of our other podcasts. Uh, I think we all collectively decided there won't be a Sin City, uh, a Damon to Kill for podcast. Not so much. There are other uh, people the covering that. are terrible, and uh, no one wants to see it. So we decided we made an executive decision. That's what you we, can do. We, here, we can do that. We can make that decision. So that's happening all over at ifanboy.com. And you can follow iFanboy at twitter.com slash iFanboy and facebook.com slash iFanboy. You can follow us all individually at C.S. Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, and not Jeff Kanata, at you know uh, J.A. Flanagan. That's what everyone really wants. It's fine. Just follow <laughs> Jeff, whatever. He's so friendly and handsome and well-spoken. No, it's fine. Whatever. If you like us, you can write a review on iTunes for our show or, or DLC or We Have Concerns or any other Think podcast or panels. Too much. All we do is talk about other podcasts now. Paul, I saw you had a five-star review on iTunes for your O-Comics show, which doesn't I even come out that. yet. I saw that. This we show is going to be great. It. Wait until it actually comes out before you give it a five. I mean, it's got, he's going to do a fine job, but, but let him do the job first. That's like one of those reviews on Amazon that says because the shipping was bad, they give it one star. It's not, it's not relevant information. I remember there used to be a guy used to come on iFanboy, and he would say, great show, every time we'd, po- we'd post the video show, but it would be literally seconds after posting it. Yeah. And I'd be like, you couldn't have possibly have watched it. Maybe it was a terrible show this such week. Is, it's certainly possible. It was terrible. It's a product, but 
Also, just, I also need to I'll give a shout out to, to out. I need to give a shout out to my co-host uh, uh, Preethi Chibber, who's who's going to be awesome on a cheat. You might know her from Book Rageous. Um, and basically, I, I I chose her for the job because she will make me laugh every week, and she will make you laugh every week. So I'm excited for this show. Maybe we'll have her on when you're not around, Paul. Maybe see, see what you feel about that. Maybe see how you There's like that. She has good or... taste in books. Let's talk appearance fees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's it for this week's show. We apparently have a lot of legal stuff to work out between now and the start of O'Comics. So we'll get back to you on that. Until then, I'm Connor. And I am Panels.net's Paul <laughs> Montgomery, appearing and <laughs> making a special appearance on iFanboy. Oh, man. We're going to have to do It's going to be like Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Panels.net's Paul Montgomery? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh. unexplored region on earth the ocean as captain of the sea quest and its crew we are its guardians for beneath the surface lies the future <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>